Hi, my loves. Welcome back to episode three of One Take Wonder with Hot Weird Girl. I'm the hot weird girl in question, Alexia, and I'm so glad you're here with me. Um, I just want to start off this podcast with some gratitude. I am so incredibly grateful for all the love and feedback that I've gotten from you guys. It really means so much to me. It's so great to know that I have this little audience here, and I'm so excited that you voted on this week's topic. Um, This week, everyone overwhelmingly voted for discussing why I'm skeptical of male dating advice on TikTok and why I don't think we should inherently trust these male gurus. Actually, I think we should question them because I don't think they have good intentions at all. I'm really excited to break this down over the next 25 to 30 minutes. Um, But before we get into it, I'd just like to let you know where else you can find me. So my username, hot weird girl, that's girl with a zero, is the same on all platforms, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. I'm incredibly active on all those platforms and I love hearing from you. So if you have ideas about things you'd like to see on this pod or feedback as I figure out how to do podcasting and grow, please do not hesitate to reach out. Again, it really means so much to me to hear from you guys. And yeah, let's get into it. So men build social capital and clout with other men by being mean to women, specifically by rejecting women, whether that rejection is real or perceived. Now that's kind of a huge concept, so we're going to break it down bit by bit and then come back to it. The first thing that you need to understand is the concept of social capital, which in layman's terms is just cool points. And I think we've all been in a situation in our lives where we've seen how gaining cool points works. For example, when I was in elementary school, the flyest thing for you to do was rock aware, baby fat, wearing kind of ostentatious labels. Um, It was really the thing that signaled that you were a cool kid on the playground. And so that... So men build social capital and gain clout with other men by being mean to women, specifically by rejecting women, whether that rejection is real or perceived. Now that's kind of a huge concept, so we're going to break it down bit by bit and then revisit it. The first thing that you need to understand is the concept of social capital. And in layman's terms, that's just essentially cool points. I think we can all reflect back to moments in our lives where there were certain things you could do, certain clothing items that you could wear that would make you cooler with your peers. For example, when I was in middle school, the coolest thing for you to do was have a juicy couture tracksuit. It was like the pinnacle of fashion. It communicated that you were cool. It also communicated wealth, even though at you know, ages 11 through 13, we weren't really thinking like that, but we understood that the Juicy Couture label meant something. It meant you were fly. It meant you had that shit on. And so that was a way to gain social capital. The kids whose parents had the disposable income or just simply the wherewithal to put an 11-year-old in a Juicy Couture tracksuit those were the kids that were the coolest and talking about which Juicy Couture tracksuit they were going to invest in and, you know, which colors were the best. That was also a way to gain cool points. So social capital is just like a scientific word to describe what we kind of all understand as these things make you cooler. And there's a specific way that men build social capital and clout with each other. And that's women. The patriarchy and 
in our capitalist society that we live under, women are not respected as autonomous individuals. We're not even seen as people, but we are seen as objects and as tools that can improve the lives of men we're in proximity to. So I think the most common example is the social clout that men get by having hot wives, right? There's something to be said about a man who dates a very beautiful woman. It instantly communicates power and status, particularly over other men that, wow, he's been able to pull this hottie, you know, wow, he gets to have sex with this hottie. Wow, this hottie picked him. And so by being with an object of desire, he himself becomes desirable. Um, Another example that men gain clout and social status through their men is by having a good girl. So if you have a girl that's widely regarded or respected because she's seen as good. And usually that's through things like not being perceived as sexually promiscuous. Um, I think the best example, you know, in the past six months of pop culture is when rapper Lil Durk said he was drawn to his baby mama, India, because she had only had two bodies or maybe she was, um, or maybe he was her second body. But that got him a ton of clout with his peers. It was actually a clip that went viral. And you can see the men he's surrounded by nodding and kind of all agreeing that that was a really good woman. And so by extension, that made Lil Dirk seem like a really good man. So even though women, we don't actually get to reap the privileges of the benefits we get to men, um, our presence is something that can really provide social status to them. And I just want to take a quick pivot and point out that many women kind of ignorantly assume that this position we're allowed to play is a good thing or they try to find some value in it. And I just want to dispel that myth. You could be a man's favorite trophy in his cabinet case, but at the end of the day, he will always see you as an object because nobody respects their trophies feelings. Nobody thinks their trophy has feelings. And so I think it's very dangerous for women to fall into the position of, I don't know, taking pride in the ways in which we can benefit men without really questioning why those benefits never come with a recognition of our own autonomy. But to get specific about what I was saying, that men build clout with other men by being mean to women love, dating, and particularly sex. Those are the biggest avenues that men are taught to measure their masculinity by, right? Because what's the point of building clout and community with each other if there's not a goal? And that goal is to be the manliness, whether your culture calls it being a man, machismo, being a bro. It's kind of all understood to be this construction of masculinity, what a lot of people would refer to as toxic masculinity, where men are seen as the dominant providing force and that everything they have is conquered, right? So again, going back to this idea that women are meant to be conquered. A lot of men are judged on their ability to conquer women sexually. That's why we have such high regard for men who are considered players. If a man pulls a lot of bitches, especially if they're the baddest bitches, he's seen as really cool. You know, that makes him a man. It's why artists, whether they're in rap, country music, folk, indie, you know what? I don't know why I said folk and indie because if you know me personally, you know that's actually my least favorite music genre. 
Like it makes my, oh, I could just feel my eardrums crawling down my neck. But back to it, whatever music genre you listen to, men are always bragging or talking about the sex that they're having with women and how many women they get. It's because it makes them look cooler. It because it makes them look more of a man in the eyes of other men. Oh my God. And I have to say this now, this doesn't mean that they're gay. One of my biggest pet peeves is the misinterpretation of a Marilyn Fry quote from um, her series of essays called The Politics of Reality. You may have seen it cited, but it basically states that, you know what, let's just read it. So this is from pages 134 to 135 of the first edition of Marilyn Fry's essays, The Politics of Reality, and where this misinterpretation um, has come from. Let's read the quote. To say that straight men are heterosexual is only to say that they engage in sex, fucking exclusively with the other sex, i.e. women. All or almost all of that which pertains to love, most straight men reserve exclusively for other men. The people whom they admire, respect, adore, revere, honor, whom they imitate, idolize, and form profound attachments to, whom they are willing to teach, and from whom they are willing to learn, and whose respect, admiration, recognition, honor, reverence, and love they desire, those are, overwhelmingly, other men. In their relations with women, what passes for respect is kindness, generosity, or paternalism. What passes for honor is removal to the pedestal. From women, they want devotion, service, and sex. Heterosexual male culture is homoerotic. It is man-loving. That quote is hitting the TikTok streets like crack in the 80s. Unfortunately, people have not read the rest of the essay or context, so they think that the author is literally suggesting that straight men are actually gay by forming these profound attachments to other men. And what she's really saying is that because women are not seen as people, because they are not seen as fully formed human beings who are worthy to be teachers, people who can give more than service and devotion, men do not see them as worthy of their love admiration. Instead, they are simply objects of desire. This man-loving culture completely erases the ability for men to empathize or, I mean, as Marilyn Fry put it so much more eloquently than I'm trying to right now, um, form profound attachments to. She's not suggesting that men who are obsessed with the admiration of other men are gay. She is suggesting that men are so deeply socialized to hate women that it would be impossible for them to come out as anything other than man-loving. And so I point this out because I think the most popular thing people try to do is, you know, is your gun pink? And I find that to be deeply homophobic. I find it to be another form of the demonization of queer culture. And quite frankly, if you haven't heard me state this opinion before on TikTok, I think bitches who claim that men who want to hang out with their homeboys are gay are losers. So just to be clear, going forward in this conversation, it's unproductive and homophobic to assume that the men that I'm speaking about who want clout from other men are doing it because they're homosexual. And to even use homosexuality as an insult is, again, homophobic. What I'm trying to point out is that this man-loving culture, and I really think um, Marilyn Fry's quote really sets up the framework well, results in this social clout chasing. We'll get back into that right now. So men are using their sexual conquest to seem cool to other men. But you know what makes you look particularly desirable? Um, 
having so many women that you actually have to start rejecting them. I think about one of my favorite songs, which is incredibly toxic that I like this song. Unfortunately, the beat is so good by Future and Hot Boy, Nobody Special. And I, I think it's just helpful to read the lyrics. If you've never heard this song, congrats on having a more developed brain. But it's basically just this song about how Future and Hot Boy are fucking so many women that the women themselves stop being special. And there's something really powerful about that because we all know what men are willing to do for Kat, right? Like men have ridden into battle for the opportunity to see a woman naked, let alone actually hit. And so um, Bell Hooks talks about this fact that there's a resentment from men because they feel like it's unfair for women to have all this power. One way to reclaim that power is by saying, you know what? I actually get so many of you, you're not special. So to literally read the lyrics, shoddy pressure, but I would never run her way. AKA, this girl's really bad, really pretty, but I would never chase after her. No, nobody's special. I feel all these girls the same. Yeah, this girl's really bad, but I would never chase after her because all of these girls are the same. And then they proceed to go into graphic detail about all the sexual encounters they've had with presumably real bad bitches. That song, yeah, it was created maybe to appeal to women, but it was mostly to communicate to other men. Look how many women I get that I can't even, like, I don't even have time to fuck them all. Okay, and none of them are special to me. They might be special to you. You would probably die at the opportunity to hit a girl that I just messed with on a Tuesday night for fun, but it's actually not that big of a deal for me. So when I said that men get the benefit from rejection, rejection is the ultimate flex because you're saying, I have the option to choose what kind of woman I deal with when it's kind of typically understood that many men, unless they're exceptionally rich, attractive, or have a great personality, and let's be real, that's not a huge portion of them, um, they don't get that option. They're really at the mercy of what woman picks them. But remember specifically how I said it didn't matter if that rejection was real or perceived, just the perception of being able to reject women is still something you can use to gain clout with other men. So now that we kind of have a baseline understanding of this, we can really delve into the topic at hand. We've taken so many detours, but we can really delve into the topic at hand, which is why I don't trust male dating advice. So what was the point of getting all into that, you ask? Okay, we really have to understand the framework to really set up this criticism, which is male dating advice is just an extension of building clout with other men by subtly rejecting women, even though it doesn't seem like it. And let's just use an example to break it down. There are really popular TikTokers who have essentially made their platform off of dating advice, which a lot of people do. And I think it's also worth acknowledging now that talking about dating is one of the fastest ways to boost your TikTok profile. I know that almost all of my videos where I talk about dating or advice on how to deal with men 
at least go semi-viral, but most of them get at least 75 to maybe 200,000 likes because people are really interested in navigating the dating world, no matter what your sexuality is, no matter who you are, um, unless you were blessed enough to find your high school sweetheart, literally the first person you dated, in which case I'm genuinely so happy for you. You will have to navigate the complexities, the maddeningness of the dating world, of being a human who's trying to fall in love with other humans. It's a big old mess. I don't need to explain what a big old mess to you is. If you're a person who craves love, you know what I'm talking about. So I just want to acknowledge that talking about dating is something that's beneficial to all creators and kind of get that out of the way because I think it's important to acknowledge any potential criticisms people may have um, in your argument as you go along. So some people may say, well, these guys are only talking about dating advice because it makes them popular. And I've addressed that. Moving on, there are very popular TikTok accounts, and they're all cisgender men, straight men, who talk about men and how their peers approach dating in a very subtly paternalistic way. Like they'll say things men will never tell you, or I've been telling y'all about dating, or hey, you want to hear some advice from a guy's perspective? And it can really rope you in. First, because it's coming from a man. And I mean, we just have to acknowledge that because women do not have grace for other women, because we don't, we're not socialized to have trust for other women. And I think that's something that I'd like to talk about in a future podcast. We automatically believe men as authority figures, whereas we kind of force women to earn their authority. And the fact that they're men speaking on men only bolsters this automatic authority that they're given. But these accounts approach dating advice in a way where it's almost like, yeah, you know, it's actually pretty black and white what men are doing. Um, You just have to be smart enough to wake up to realize it. And that itself is the issue. One of my favorite TikToks um, is when this woman said, why do I have to speak the language of chaos in reference to the fact that men get to be emotionally chaotic, manipulative, vague, and women are expected to deal with that and to learn their tricks and then to be grateful for these tips from men that, oh, wow, dating is so complicated and weird and now I have to figure it out. And so these men step into the dating sphere with these oh, well, if you didn't realize how simple and obvious it is, for example, if a guy only texts you past 10 p.m., he's obviously looking to smash, which I would agree with. But what they never acknowledge is that when you end up in those situations, um, he might not just use you as a flashlight. Sorry to be graphic with that, but yeah. Um, He may also be cuddly and kind, and he may ask you to stay for breakfast, and then he may continue to text you throughout the week in a way that makes you think that perhaps you are the exception to the rule, in a way that is also deliberately manipulative, and then enter one of these TikTok guys, and they'll be like, well, you shouldn't have fallen for it. And men are simply, I mean, what they're simply doing is calling you stupid for playing a game that you had no idea you were in. What is that game? It's the game that men play with each other, where again, they are getting women's affections and bragging about the ways in which they reject women. You didn't know you were in a game because you were 
an important piece, but pieces are objects. They don't have feelings or autonomy and nobody's thinking about you like that. Other than look how cool it is that I was able to manipulate a girl um, into coming over at 10 p.m. because she thinks she's really going to get a relationship out of this. LOL. And then the role that these TikTok guys are playing is that they're seemingly offering you benevolent advice while still getting into play in LOL, look how stupid she is. Because if I didn't make this clear enough earlier in the podcast, part of the joke, part of the game on women is that you are seen as stupid enough for falling for it because you are not valuable. I know these type of accounts are bullshit because they will have hundreds of videos and not one of them will address their peers. For you to be a man giving dating advice to women and never address the confusing, chaotic, again, manipulative behavior of your peers, for you to never make videos talking about how the patriarchy incentivizes men to behave in a certain way, for you to not talk about the fact that men who have not fully grappled with their own personal definitions of masculinity as opposed to what a toxic culture might have enforced on them, but to only talk about the ways in which women are messing up in a chaotic system makes you absolutely disqualified to give actual empowering advice to young women. And in fact, I would argue it's it just plays into this. It's as toxic as everything else. It's unhelpful. It's harmful. They are simply taking the piss on you. They're laughing at you. And they're doing so under the cloak of benevolence. They're pretending they're helping you, but all they're doing is reinforcing with their position with other guys. Because now men get to say, well, you could have listened to this guy for advice, but you didn't. Now men can begin to propagate this lie that you couldn't have even feigned ignorance in the situation because other men told you about him. It's all very sinister and I don't buy into it for a second. And I would really encourage you to walk away from this podcast questioning the people you follow and questioning whether they have ever questioned other men. And so this is not to say that every man who gets on TikTok and gives dating advice is bad. I think there are plenty of men, for example, one of my mutuals, King Pierre, who talk about dating advice, but he holds other men accountable and to task. And he talks about the really harmful patriarchal heteronormative systems that perpetuate this confusion for women. To me, this quote-unquote helpful dating advice simply represents a new opportunity for men to gain social status from other men by being mean to women because they're laughing at you for having egg on your face about a blatantly and deliberately confusing situation. They think they're arming you with knowledge, but in reality, they're not telling you something that an older woman couldn't have told you, and they're not telling you something with the odds of it being helpful. Assuming the best intentions from it, they're simply just trying to get popular and they don't really, they're not conscientious in the advice that they put out there. But at worst, and what I suspect to be true, is that they're simply enjoying the opportunity to laugh at you. And I don't think it's any deeper than that. So I decided to make this podcast because it really hurts me to see how many women, particularly young girls, are flooding these content creators' comment sections, thanking them, when it's kind of clear to me that they're really being humiliated. And I also want to go into the idea that there's a certain humiliation in the idea that 
men should not ever be held accountable for the confusing, chaotic dating spaces they created, but instead we should be thought of as little dummies because we choose not to speak the language of chaos because we are not immediately understanding of how to navigate an intentionally complex and emotionally charged environment. I want people to be aware that they're not reputable sources because truly I don't think there's anything you can gain from them. At best, I think you would walk away with an understanding that all men are trying to manipulate you and despite how down and kind of maybe depressing um, this podcast has been, I don't think that's the case with all men. I think in reality, what should be taught to women, and again, young girls in particular, is how to spot these men quickly so that you can just walk the fuck away. There is no benefit in trying to go back and forth with a man who wants to make you his situationship. When you want to be his girlfriend, just leave him. There is no benefit in trying to do anything with a man who doesn't want to state his intentions with you outright. Just leave him. If a man is being vague and confusing, then let him be vague and confused when you block his number and what am I going to say? Leave him. We should be teaching girls how to identify these red flags, not so that we can handle them better, but just so that we can avoid these people entirely. And I don't think that by following these guys' advice, we're truly understanding how to leave them as much as we might develop this understanding of, okay, so if a guy does this to me, then I should do Y so that he doesn't think I'm Z. No. F-U-C-K him, but not in the fun way. The last thing that I want to say about guys like this is it's also kind of obvious that it's a thirst trap. And like, I put this last because, I mean, like there's a, a white guy and he gets on and he's like clearly trying to flex his muscles but he like chops up vegetables or like look really cool. And he's constantly liking, um, comments that are like, oh my God, you're so fine. Like, how could you not fall for this man? One of the oldest tricks in the book is guys will try to essentially play the Justin Long part and he's just not that into you, which if you haven't seen that movie from the 2000s, oh my God, so good. Like it's a 2000s movie, so take it with a grain of salt. But essentially Justin Long plays this guy who's friends with one of the protagonists who's kind of down and out in luck. She doesn't really understand how men are. And so he positions himself as trying to help her. And then, you know, like a typical 2000s rom-com, he realizes like 75% way through the movie that he really likes her. And so he's essentially trying to use his friend position to weasel in, but it's kind of a tale as old as time. Like sometimes guys will pretend they're giving you advice about other men so that you feel comfortable with them and then want to sleep with them or even date them. And I'm not going to talk about the efficacies of that strategy as much as I, it should also be stated that these guys are trying to get the admiration of women. Like they themselves are also trying to serve as like an authority comforting figure so that they can be comforting to you in your pants. Like it's also, I'm laughing because it's also kind of a funny dating strategy. So take that with a grain of salt. The next time you see these guys, and it's not just that white guy that I mentioned, it's a lot of them who are like flexing or trying to appear as attractive. Like, yes, they're also kind of subtly making fun of you, but they're also trying to get your attention. And they know that talking about other boys and like how you'll have an easier time will make you like them. And then, like I said, sleep with them. And that in itself is a little funny. 
So I think we've reached the end of this podcast. Um, If you like how episode two was formatted, where I talked about multiple topics at once, please let me know. But I think from now on, I'm just going to go with one topic at a time. I really appreciated how I was able to take like 25 solid minutes to just talk to you the little rants we were able to go on from jumping to Marilyn Fry to Hot Boy in Future. Um, That was really fun for me, and I really hope you appreciated it. If you liked this podcast, please rate it on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. It is so incredibly helpful to me to see your guys' feedback. And seriously, please do not hesitate to reach out to me on socials. Um, You know, as a person who is self-proclaimed chronically online, like I will see it. I mean, maybe I didn't know how to check Instagram messages, but now I have learned. So I really will see it. And again, I just wanted to give a special shout out um, to people who have reached out from all corners of the world to say hello. It really means so much to me. It means so much to me that all of you guys are here. Um, Yeah, it's just incredible. Anyway, hey to Brian from Kenya. I really appreciated your message and I hope you're having a great time. Uh, so yeah, that's the end. If you're seriously listening to my last rambling ending points, um, then thank you so much. I will see you next Monday. And if you're looking for more of my commentary, then check out my TikTok and my YouTube. I love you so much. Goodbye.